eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sadly, no, those were not the firing squads or the Patriots militia putting us out of our misery. That was the introductory music to Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEIFM Odyssey and 2400 Sports. I warned I warned producer Justin Turpin, the Turp, as well as co-host Andy Jumbo Hart in advance. I was in one of those moods, and I got to tell you, a lot of it has to do with the way things have gone with the New England Patriots, and especially the result, and not just the result or the review, but the re-review of Sunday's absolute head-scratching debacle in the desert. The debacle in the desert. The Las Vegas game. The Sin City Shaka that was Patriots 24, eight is 30. Hello, everyone. It's uh, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart here on Six Rings. And we are taking one last look at the loss to the Raiders. The stunning, I don't even know how, I don't even know what to call uh, extended play, um, uh, last effort, last gasp, whatever it was, Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson tried to effort when the Patriots were tied and could and should have gone to overtime in a game they easily could have won, yet at the same time played ever so poorly in. Then we're going to take a quick look at the relationship between the quarterback and the head coach and the direction it's currently headed. Spoiler alert, it's not in the right direction. And then we'll tidy things up with a little Pat's Paris. Andy, you and I were both on the radio this week together. Then you've done more transit. You've done more terrestrial radio, television, internet, you name it. I've gone back and watched plays. I have thought about this game every single minute, practically since I flew home. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. What an awful, like the Patriots did not, des- even though they were tied at the end of that game and had a chance and should have gone to overtime. The Patriots did not play well enough to win that football game. And at this point in the season, if this is the best effort the Patriots can put forth against a team that is basically in turnaround and was inviting them to win or at least hand them their fifth double-digit defeat coming out of halftime, then what hope is there 
What hope is there for the Patriots to turn things around, give us some good efforts, or God forbid, win a couple more games? Oh, you mean you don't feel good about things heading into the toughest stretch of your schedule all year when you're playing your worst football all year? You don't, you don't feel good about that? That's oh. not a good combo heading oh. toward Christmas. Um, okay, so a couple things. They did play well enough to win, in my opinion. They didn't deserve to win, and those are two different things. The only reason they played well enough to win is because mm-hmm. the Raiders are an embarrassment, too. The Raiders are a debacle, too. Penalty. Maybe I'm focusing too much on the offense. That's disparaging of the Patriots' defense. I, I, I agree with the, that. I apologize. The Patriots' run defense turned it around in the second half. Kyle Duggar made a play that gave them life, that gave mm-hmm. them the opportunity to let the Raiders do what they do. Like, there were... They could have won that football game. I don't know for sure they would have if they had, you know, avoided the most embarrassing play in recent football memory, worst since their embarrassing play in Miami. Miami four years memory. ago. <laughs> um, but I, I still, so you've watched a lot, read a lot, the whole thing. I still need to get back to one one last time. I need mm-hmm. to need to ask it. I'm sorry. Yes. I need to ask it because mm-hmm. I've heard different things. I've heard Mac talk. I've heard Bill talk. And we've sort of, you know, altered the perspective on things. And Bill didn't mean to say that he has a Linguini-armed quarterback, right? Like he, he cuts off that idea, even mm-hmm. though Mac says, yes, I could have reached the end zone. Yes, I can throw that, but whatever. All those different things. I have a simple question that no one has answered for me yet. Why didn't they take a knee? Like, I, I, I don't, it, it, cause I hear Ramondre Stevenson and I hear others say, yeah, we wanted to get a few yards and then get down. Well, For what to kick a field goal with no time left. And that means the entire team was situational, right. situationally unaware of how much time they had left on the clock or, or, or bear with me here. They had like a prop bet on Ramondre Stevens over for rushing yards or something sure. like what? Why? Why did we need a few extra yards before we got that? Like, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm also no you're being de- no, you're being honest. No, you're being like you're asking a question that it merits merits asking at this point. If you knew you weren't going to throw the Hail Mary and Correct. I completely disagree with Bill Belichick that Mac Jones with a running start can't throw the ball in warm climate controlled dome situation. Okay, so let's touch on that quick before we move on. I actually don't think, even though it came out as a direct shot at Mac, Mm -hmm. I'm actually not sure it was. I think it may have been a more direct shot at, we can't drop back and throw the ball that far and protect Mac long enough from Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I do think that's a factor here, the way they've played, the way he's been under pressure at various points throughout the season. Mm -hmm. There have been recent, Oh, he's about to throw the ball and he gets hit and the ball just flutters through. The there was one of the, there was one of those actually Sunday afternoon out of bounds. You got lucky. Yeah. So I think too far is a too far to protect. Cause not only do you have to throw the ball 55 yards, your guys, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Thornton, whoever mm-hmm. is out there Agalaw. have the opportunity to run 55 yards. So they mm-hmm. need that for five seconds. And, and I think that was part of it that was taken into consideration, but that's fine. Okay. So, so you don't feel comfortable in that situation. Okay, great. You know what I think we should do? Like Max said on the uh, Merloni Fourier and Mego program, just get to overtime. And one of his answers, he said, our plan, mm-hmm. we just need to get to overtime. The best way to just get to overtime. You've hey, done it a million hey. times. Snap knee, snap knee. Okay. Let's go to the middle of the field. Coin toss. Woohoo. Yippee. We might win. We have a chance. We're not losing. Yeah. 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 No. I don't get it. I, I I still I still do not understand the call on the final play. 
I, I don't. And, and who called it? Uh, probably Matt Patricia. Okay, but who's listening? Uh, supposedly the offense turns out nobody. Well, Bill, Bill Belichick as well. Like and Bill Belichick. Oh, listening. Yes, when the play call is whistled in. Correct. Say, whoa, whoa, whoa! What the f are you doing, Matt? Take a knee. Why would we? Why would we run a draw, Matt? Nothing. Nothing good can come from a draw, Matt. So he I goes don't... forty yards. The worst thing that could. The, actually, the worst thing that could have happened on the play is Jacoby Myers losing his mind, running backwards fifteen yards, throwing a twenty-five yard diagonal lateral. Chandler Jones intercepting it, face planting Mac, and running into the end zone to end the game. That is the yeah, absolute, that absolute like worst, 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 worst case scenario. Uh, and it happened and it, with infinitesimal, infinitesimal, uh, you know, percentages of that actually happening on that play. And it did. But before that, the worst thing that could have happened would have been Ramondre Stevenson getting 40 yards on the draw and then suddenly thinking, hey, there's a chance maybe we could make a play on this. Maybe we can catch them off guard. Maybe there's a way we could do the band is on the field. Maybe we can create our own Miami miracle. But that was never discussed. And if it was never discussed and they lacked that situational awareness and they hadn't practiced it, how many times do you think Bill Belichick, a Bill Belichick coach team, regardless of who is the offensive play caller, ever does something improvisational like that, that they haven't simmed, run, ran, practiced, or discussed? Yeah. Well, we've been supposedly led never. never yes. I, now, I mean, I don't know how you can't at least look at the current era differently now based on mm -hmm. the way that played out based on the confusion, the uncertainty, the poor play call, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to look differently at the way this football team is prepared. You can't pretend this is like pink stripes, Ernie Adams, Bill Belichick. This team knows exactly what's coming and they're always ready for it. Nope. This is, this is a different era. So I, I still find it inexplicable and it, it's not even the I find it more explicable mm -hmm. that Ramondre receipt Stevenson in the heat of the moment now 15 20 yards downfield gets caught up in the moment and tosses it and mm -hmm. then Jacoby Myers who didn't expect to get the ball is thinking I don't know what to do with this and I gotta out. keep this play alive who's right. the first available offensive patriot who can make a play there's our super slow not athletic quarterback right like as soon as, because you you think you doubt yourself in the moment, right? Like, wait, did I miss something? Were we supposed to toss this to me? Ramondre seems like he knows what he's doing. Now I have the ball. The only, like, that is all more explainable than not taking a knee. The not taking a, me, a knee part to me is the most inexplicable aspect of this whole ugly situation. You call like a, like a pull a Boise State. Throw the it now. Mac Jones can definitely throw a Jared Zabransky. I think it was Zabrisky, Zabransky, whatever his name was, a 20, 25 yarder down the field, right? You throw you throw a 20 yard dart to like Aguilar, let's say, and then you have Thornton. And this is something you should have practiced. Maybe you've got somebody who's got wheels who can burn like Thornton coming across the field from behind him. Aguilar laterals to him. If he catches it and can go someplace, now there is still a high, you know, a, I won't say high, but there's a degree of risk on a play like that where the lateral could get intercepted, where the lateral Absolutely. could get knocked from someone's hand. So or it's a risky play. Right. Or the first pass itself. Right. Max still, if he doesn't see anything, can throw it away. And that's the end of regulation. We'll take it to overtime. Slater, make you sure you call heads. And then Thornton takes it and perhaps he could score. Okay, great. You, that's still at least something you could have practiced, prepared, and rehearsed. For everything to just go complete chaos, fall of Kabul, like just like the city's on fire, like Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers and ultimately Mac Jones got dragged into, 
to me, like that that picture of Mac that like everyone was passing around that was viral on Twitter Sunday night. I think it was like the photo from the athletics article on the game of him sitting there on his ass, hands on his knees as all the Raiders out of focus were celebrating in the end zone. Yeah. That and or the one of Chandler Jones just planting Mac into the field turf. Those are the two enduring images in my mind that not only just sort of sum up the frustration and futility of the end of that game, but this season on the whole, like that's like, show me in one photo what you think of this Patriots season. And I would pick one of those two. And I would say, remove Bill Belichick from the equation. Let's just pretend Bill Belichick does not exist on the Patriots sideline. Mm-hmm. This is something, whoever whoever the person that's now the head coach is, mm-hmm. you don't recover from, I would argue. I think the national conversation would be, insert name. What, what, mm-hmm. what was the guy's name on Madden? That Bill's name? It's uh, whatever. You know, let's fit, Nick Fitzy Stevens is the head sure. coach. You, mm-hmm. He's done in New England. You don't recover from this. That's the type no. of loss and debacle and image, as you said, lasting mm-hmm. image that you can't recover from. How can your team trust you? How can your players trust you? How can your owner trust you? How can your fans trust? Oh, but it's Bill Belichick, so he has the cachet of 20 years, six Super Bowl rings, all of that. But just imagine if this were anyone else. Let's just imagine this was the Detroit Lions under the leadership of Matt Patricia, and this this exact situation unfolded. They'd be saying he's done. This man will never oh, he's coach go- again. He, he's right. gone. I wouldn't be right. surprised if he was canned the day after. He doesn't right. make it through the season. But how who, the Rex Ryan was Rex Ryan the coach during the butt fumble? Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, I believe was so. he. I think I, I'm actually going uh, <laughs> NY Jets. I'll Google it. And you know what? Everyone listening is like that sounds fascinating. Uh, Rex Ryan was indeed the coach during the butt fumble. Yeah, but he, he didn't do really anything wrong. wrong. No, he didn't do it. No, his quarterback did. Right. This His guy, the Sanchez the did. And but actually, no, now uh thank you, audience, for listening uh for those few seconds while we Googled. But act the funny thing is, Andy, you bring up a play that is burned into the minds of people in perpetuity, and Mark Sanchez has never never recovered. Personally, now he's got a nice broadcasting career, but as a player on the field, he never recovered after the butt fumble. He played more right. after that, but Pretty much in most people's minds, Mark Sanchez's career ended after the butt fumble. That was God, his that Howard Dean moment. I hope that doesn't happen to Jacoby Myers because I really like him. It won't happen to Jacoby Myers. I feel terror. I just think about like to, of all the guys for it to happen to as well. Right. Now, there are some who say like, hey, it's OK because it is Jacoby. Everyone says he's such a stand up guy. He, he is. stood by his locker. He owned the moment. He's a great guy. Reliable. Max says he's one of the best teammates he's ever had. He's far from bulletproof, metaphorically speaking, but at the same time, I guess he's Teflon enough to be able to handle it, and he's done everything right so far. So far. Yeah, I just think the coach would be done. Absolutely done. And you'll never hear people saying Bill should be done because he's Bill, because he's the GOAT. At least not immediately. Yeah. You won't. I see. I disagree. I'm not saying that it's time to call for his head, but you'll never, never. You but. You said you'll never hear people blaming Bill or people calling this week, for Bill's I mean, head. This week. Oh, this week? No. Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in any other place with almost any other coach, they'd be calling for his head. That you, I don't that- know. You and I took a number of calls on the radio live uh, Monday morning where people were pretty unhappy about Bill Belichick. Yeah, I haven't heard. And, and I think that's also in totality with the Matt Patricia decision. Mm-hmm. But we're definitely getting closer. 
And we should be, by the way. Yes. Because we're getting further from success and we're mm -hmm. getting closer to debacle. And, you know, there's something to talk about the rest of the way as we bridge the gap between Las Vegas and Cincinnati, Christmas Eve, Gillette Stadium, Joe Burrow. I believe they can clinch a playoff spot or whatever. Like they are, they're trending in the right direction, the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And like, is there a chance this team just loses out, just, just folds tent and goes home after this? And I think there is, because I, I actually think they looked in the first half like a team that was like on the precipice of checking out and discombobulated and no belief in itself and losing fight because mm -hmm. of the circumstances. I mean, and then I it was the Kyle Duggar play that woke them back up. Right. And I know, and you know, it helped that you were playing the Raiders. <laughs> right. If you were playing a real team, it might've been different. Um, and I know Mac Jones and Matthew Slater and Lawrence guy and the captains have all said, Nope, this team, these men in this locker room won't fold. But again, they're still human beings. They are not robots. They're coming off the, one of the more embarrassing losses, mostly uniquely embarrassing loss in the history of football. Yeah, and not just franchise history, like NFL no, football. All of football. And the toughest part of their schedule is on the horizon. And I would also add in, they've been working for, so they're seven and seven by week, 15 weeks plus the preseason. Mm -hmm. They've been working through the same problems and the same issues. And those are still the same problems and the same issues. At some point that wears on you and you're just done. You're, you're, you're broken. You're toast. Is there a chance that this team is toast and they just lose out? Oh, there's it's on the table. And it's I not so just good. like, you know, th this can go one of four ways, three and a, well, yeah, sure. You could tie a bunch of them too, but for logic's sake, you could go on a Twitter poll, three and oh, two and one, one and two, or oh, and three. Oh, and three is officially on the table. I would put 0 and 3 as the most likely because forget even what's happening. You're playing three playoff teams, Andy. And two of them you can't beat. You can't win, Rock. <laughs> you can't beat the Bills. You can't win. You yeah. haven't beat the Patriots under Bill Belichick have never beat Tua Tungavailoa. They cannot beat Josh the a fully reconfigured, reloaded and playoff hungry Josh Allen, who now as things line up with the Chiefs remaining schedule with Miami's remaining schedule and Buffalo's remaining schedule likely will be playing for something on January 8th. And that'll be icing the first spot and giving themselves a week off to make more snow snowballs that they can stand up next to their Miller lights and throw against whoever their playoff opponent is side note real quick. That's Saturday. We didn't talk about this enough on our Monday radio show that freaking Saturday night game. Hey, guess what? Tua McDaniel Tyreek Waddle, they're not going to roll over in the ice cold. They actually can play in the snow and the cold. That was a very impressive effort by them, number one. And number two, thank God for that game because that was a really entertaining football game, a well-played entertaining football game. I was going to say, the Raiders-Patriots was kind of entertaining. It was, but in it's like... the worst way. <laughs> yes, but one of them was like watching a really good movie that might get a couple of like at least Golden Globe, if not Oscar nods, and the other was like trash fire reality TV. Absolutely. But Each, it's like one, one, one was a bag of beef jerky. The other was beef Wellington. Each, yes. each delicious like one, a little jerky. saltier. I like them both. I celebrate the whole beef catalog. Believe me, I will not turn down either any different at any given time, but you know, uh, and it was a great sports weekend overall too, with the world cup, some other great NFL games, the biggest comeback in NFL history, but, and, the, and now perhaps one of the most shocking endings in NFL history. I just, I, whatever part of me is still, whatever fan part of me, 
is still like not dead that I didn't just leave burnt to a crisp in the stands or shocked to death in the desert. When I was riding into that game on such a high after such an awesome turnout by Patriots fans all over the world, only for all of us to watch that uniquely embarrassing and that authentically original and awful and ending to a football game. I don't have much hope for the rest of the season and I'm not rooting for them to lose out, but I'll tell you straight up, like finding hope right now, I would have to synthesize it at best. 48,722. You take the over or the under for the attendance at Gillette Stadium on Christmas Eve. You I'm not sure. Si- why only 48,000? That's just the number I'm setting. I don't know. I oh, think, okay. I think uh, I, I take the I take the over, but it's not a sellout. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of empty seats and God forbid Oh, because go, it's going to be it's going to be 20 degrees with a real feel of about zero. Your team sucks. I think there might be some people that just go because I have the tickets and Joe Burrow's pretty cool and I want to see them. And then when it's 21 nothing, you could see an empty stadium in the second half. But why would see the defense see the defense is the defense wants to play for pride. The defense wants to get this team's spine back. Darren Waller did Adrian Phillips. Yeah, he did also trip on Jawan Bentley a little bit. Like there was a little bit of a cross cross patriot stumble on that play as well. That wasn't just a complete eating of the lunch. No, I know. I think it's more embarrassing that you're tripping over a teammate <laughs> trying to cover somebody. <laughs> I actually think you're making. McCordy was so mad after the. Uh, oh. And I mean, that's a little bit like early in the year when you have your missed tackle between Bentley and and Duggar to start the year on the big play in Miami. Like, I'm not sure the defense has enough left to muster up just effort after effort after effort when they know. Our offense can be on the one yard line and they're probably not going to score a touchdown. <laughs> like, like we like we said yesterday, only the New England Patriots could have first and goal with the one, score two touchdowns and have neither of them count. Right. I mean, that is truly that is tr- it's astonishing. Some of the ineptitude, some of the mistakes, some of the discombobulations of this team are like legendary. Like there may have to be a small wing. Maybe it won't be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe like if the bathrooms were under construction and they had some porta potties outside the Pro Football Hall of Fame, maybe they can build a little, little wing or a cardboard hut or a temporary display outside where it belongs to just think of all of the things that have happened to this team. And then you add in the Keelan Cole touchdown, non touchdown into it and some of the other things that happen. And it tragically all makes sense. I'd like to ask you this before we move on to the next segment. What so they so that somehow they were still in that game, even though they really kind of didn't deserve to be or didn't play well enough in large part to be in that game. What aspect of this Patriots team gives you hope or is even worth tuning in for the rest of the season? Uh certainly Ramondre Stevenson even though people, I know he was involved in the final play, but he rushed for 170 I'm, yards and he's really good. I'm a little mad at him right now. Like I, You like, can be a little mad at him, but you can't hate him. Andre, Andre, you know what you did. Right, and he's going to do it. So the, the running game of Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. And Josh Uche. I want to see Josh Uche pass Matthew Judon. That's my sneaky little, I don't even know if that's like a guy. I want to see him pass Matthew Judon for sacks. I want to see Josh Uche finish with like 17 sacks. And it's happening again, Andy. It is happening again. The second half swoon for Matthew. Like this, this is now like, this isn't like, oh my, I can't, oh, this is weird. It's happening again. Like, are we now supposed to believe that this is how this goes? Uh, so Ferocious, should. ferocious first half. And then maybe he can only play 13 games and you need to pick which 13 you want. <laughs> 
And if you leave the last four as the last four, well, you're in trouble. A little um, bit of a disappearing act. But no, there's there's not a lot to be overly excited about with this team. Like that's just the harsh reality of life in New England right now. Like they're ugly. They're not fun. Because I I keep going, but like Tyquan Thornton hasn't played well. He's a guy you should be like, okay, let's get Tyquan Thornton going down the stretch, build momentum in the next year. He's looked terrible. Um, I don't know. Other than other mm-hmm. than Stevenson, Uche, maybe a Jack Jones, if you can get him back on the field, like a Jack Jones pick six to ignite a little life into that. Or Yay. Your quarterback, your second-year quarterback who was in the rookie of the year conversation last year, went 13 for 31 against a lower-tier NFL defense for 112 yards, no touchdowns. 3.6 yards per attempt. It's not well, the even QPR good if you're running. Of the number of the quarterback that used to run this team and ran the league for two decades. Un-effing real. And it's also un-effing real how great you guys have been all season long and how many of you have joined us on this odd, strange, and memorable journey here on the Six Rings Podcast. Thanks for the ratings, for the reviews, the subscriptions, the recommendations, and of course the follows at Six Rings Pod across all the socials. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. All right, moving on, the next segment here on the Six Rings podcast. Sadly, one of the side effects to all of this malaise, the discord and disagreement, has been not just the play of your quarterback and not just now perhaps a little bit of the reputation of the coach, but the relationship between second-year quarterback Mac Jones and Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. In recent weeks, as we have jested, Mac Jones has been caught on national TV. Didn't happen in the Raiders game. Uh, but the pre- previous two weeks, he was caught swearing on national television in the general direction of himself, the offense, and of course, offensive coordinate, if you pl- play sultant, if you will, Matt Patricia. Coach Bill Belichick can't be happy about that or the fact that Mac Jones has seemed to call into question the plays that they've sent to him, the entire scheme and direction of the team, and has even waved off his coach's calls time and again. Earlier today, as we record this on a Tuesday, you were there with Andy Gresh in the midday portion of WEEI's afternoon or day of sports programming. And in your conversation with NBC's, NBC Sports Boston, that's real. I wish I could just say that's all, folks, and go right to the bar. NBC Sports Boston's Tom E. Curran, our pal, you asked him about the relationship between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and where it's headed. And this is what you and Tom had to say. Who will be here longer, Mac Jones or Bill Belichick? Wow. Oh, boy. That's a great question. I mean, again, I'm going to hem and I'm going to haw. <laughs> I'm going to hem and haw because they are inextricably linked. What's, what's interesting about what's going on, and I just finished talking 
to Phil Perry about this on, on our podcast, Patriots Talk podcast. What Mac is doing right now is really eroding Bill's trust for him, I think. Bill lives on a chain of command, respect for authority. You know, that's, that's a cardinal rule mm-hmm. for him. And what Mac is doing now is eroding the trust that Mac won't go up the back stairs, even symbolically. Because Robert Kraft can't watch the gesticulations and histrionics on the field and see what happened on first and goal from the two the other day and not go to Mac at some point and say, so what's, what's going on here? And in that conversation, whether he says it or not, Bill Belichick will perceive that Mac is showing up either him, his decision, or everything Bill's all about. So that's what Mac has set up here with his histrionics and the notion that we have to take more control of the offense. He's making an enemy out of Bill Belichick. Does that, is that bad? Does Bill deserve it? Given the decisions that he made and the position he's put Mac in this year, you could make that case, but is that wise? So I don't know who, who lasts longer in that instance, Andy. So basically, in a nutshell, What you have surmised, Andy, uh, with the words of Mr. Kern, is that the relationship is on the rocks and or headed south, and Bill Belichick can't be any too pleased about how Mac Jones has handled himself in recent weeks. Is this this relationship beyond repair? I don't think it is, personally. Um, I think Bill can be fair and honest when he needs to be, and I think if Bill is fair and honest – he knows now he put Mac in a bad position. This whole setup hasn't worked and he put, you know, his quarterback in a tough spot. And Mm -hmm. as a competitor, I actually like it, even though I do think there is the, um, the chance that you become the boy who cried wolf or you become Rick Pitino, you yell all the time. So they tune you out and Mm -hmm. they ignore you. I want a guy who doesn't just lay down, who's fiery, who competes, I think it'd be a lot easier right now to do what we talked about in the first segment. Just lay down. Mm -hmm. It's over. Put a bullet in this season. It's done. Let's just hope something good can happen in year three for me. Or let's, yeah, let's put a bullet in the season before anything worse happens, like an injury, like further regression from the players, like a fight between coaches and players. God only knows. I like fight. Show fight, not not literal fight. I like fight in my quarterback. He's a competitor. He's fiery. Um, But I do... I do think there is an issue between, I mean, even this week, Bill was involved because Bill called the timeout that wiped out a touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And I think Mac is like, what What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? We finally got one. It's been so hard to get one. We finally got one. And you called the <laughs> Have timeout Have you seen our red zone numbers? You iced our offense. You're supposed to ice opposing kickers, not our freaking red zone offense. <laughs> We're cold enough as it is. So I, I, I think it bears watching, but I don't believe – irreparable damage has been done you know like we all get into fights with our wife you know they all stop talking to us for a few hours few days i don't know how far it goes that doesn't mean she's consulting a divorce attorney correct like you can we're in a long-term relationship here we're Mm -hmm. committed we're tied we think this is all positive you're the way the way we grew up like you're only close and you only care about each other if you you know wear that emotion on your sleeve or every now and again you know slam a door and say i never want to see you again sure so i i think if you're a patriots fan you hope the it's old Tuesday at our house. Right. Um, this is one of those. Oh, we're going to laugh about this someday. If 
five years from now when they're still together and they're, you know, been to a Super Bowl, whether they want it, whatever. You remember that real crappy season where you idiot, you thought it'd be a good idea to make Patricia the play call. <laughs> <laughs> Glasses clink, freeze frame, roll credits. Yeah. Because when is that when is that happy ending? When is that flash forward to the joyous times again? Because well, I don't I, I I Andy, I was even thinking like trying to go through like a best case scenario of how this season ends, how the off season goes and what the 2023 Patriots would look like. And I can't see them getting into, you know, legitimate hardcore Super Bowl contention level by next year, even with the way the roster is going to have to turn over with the way some picks have not panned out and where your coaching situation and your quarterback's development are. I just sh- show me on the chart where where the Patriots are going to improve drastically next year. Patriots draft. Uh, they lose out the rest of the year. They okay. have a top half of the first round pick. They draft a starting left tackle. They move Trent Brown to right tackle and they swing a trade for and no one sees this coming. Terry McLaurin from the Washington Commanders to become the number one receiver. You still have Devontae Parker. You re-sign Jacoby Myers. You have Hunter Henry. You have Ramondre Stevenson. And Jaquan your defense Jordan. comes together. Mm-hmm. And I think you could be a good football team. I like, I don't think it oh, oh, by the way, Bill O'Brien is now coaching the offense. I forgot to include. How did that. we get Terry McLaurin, by the way? We traded for him. How, why does he want out of the commandos? Uh, because we traded for him. Oh, all right. Just we magic. So that was We're the just receiver. Having a little you fun here. Okay. All right. I didn't know it was a full hypothetical. Well, then I want DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins. Insert okay. true number one receiver here. Okay. One of those guys. Right. Like, I think Terry McLaurin is like so underrated and appreciated. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy, maybe like these others, we like Diggs. Like, you, he arrives. I was just going to say, who's the next Diggs? That's what it is. It's the Terry McLaurin. The, I'm stuck, I'm stuck next to or behind another receiver who's getting more shine than I am. And I deserve to be like a well compensated, true number one someplace. You have to go find the next step because he. Do you think he's good enough to be a full, true star know. number one? You're asking a lot of questions. I'm just I, trying to have fun. Isn't here. That, I, I'm trying to have fun too. I'm get get me hype. Devil give me is hope. in the details. Let's avoid the devil. I, I was all ready for Calvin Ridley, and then you let Jacksonville trade a fifth rounder for his rights, and now Jacksonville's got an offense that is soaring high. And if they beat the Jets on Thursday night, they have a chance to compete for an actual division title, even if they finish with an eight and nine record. You know what I think you should not want to watch. Jets Jags on Thursday night because you'll see two football teams that might be in a better spot than you. <laughs> oh God! But that's a different topic for a different day. Uh, no, it's not. It's it's all on point. It's all on topic. It is. It, I mean, it's no, no, no. But let's rewind real quick where we started the segment. Yes. Coach, Part- coach, and quarterbacks relationship is not in a good spot right now. Can Bill Belichick? pull back, do a 10,000 foot look and say, you know what? Maybe the reason why Mac is mouthing off, even though he's a Y guy, maybe the reason why our relationship is how it is, is because of what I did to him with the Patricia situation year two. Cause I think Mac, I mean, I think Bill was all in on Mac eight months ago. I do. I think he was, this is my future leader. This is like going to be my leadership guy. This is the guy we have to build around offensively. Like every decision we make offensively will be about putting Mac in the right position to put us in the right position. Like, I think he was all in on that. I don't think you just lose that overnight. They were truly in love. I think they're going through a rocky period right now. There's a little flirtation elsewhere, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I think it is 
salvageable. But let me ask you a simple question, too. Mm -hmm. Simple man, simple questions. Always work. Who is with the New England Patriots longer, Bill Belichick or Mac Jones? Bill Belichick. Ooh, I would go the other way. You think so? And I think the fact that I'm not sure Mac Jones is going to be here next year. Um. Well, then you then then if Mac Jones isn't here next year, then I don't think Bill's here for very long. Maybe he gets next year because if you go to Robert Kraft and say he's not our guy, well, you just told me he was our guy. That's why I said last spring we have our coach and our quarterback. Now, my coach, who I'm starting to question because he hasn't won in a while, is telling me the quarterback that he liked is no longer the quarterback that he likes. I don't like this, Bill. Mm-hmm. But if he says, but I think I got something in the zappy kid and I can draft somebody else to develop with a lower pick and I'll definitely invest in the trenches where you know the game is won, where I know the game is won, and I can bring back Jimmy, who I know works with me, and I can get one or two years out of him. Robert, come on. Think about the way those jerseys will sell. Everyone will be happy. Same number. Everyone who already owns a, a Jones can just slap a Garoppolo right back on top there. Boom. Hmm. See you in the play. He'll and then sell- when he gets I- hurt in week four, what do we do? Zappy, zappy, zappy. Give the fans what they want. To be careful. I think Bill's man- maneuverings through this quarterback depth chart over the next year, and I don't rule out drafting a quarterback. I don't rule out Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't rule anything out. I do rule Tom Brady out. I, sorry, I do rule. Yeah, let's go. Out. Let's just. Can we okay. just? Can we just? Can we just like step I mean, on that little that one burning amber right do. now? We could pretend and try to get like, a, oh, let's get a lot of downloads out of this one podcast. Well, we will pretend that Brady might come back, but we don't do that. We talk real. We we actually Andy, I real. have it on multiple sources right. that Tom Brady is thinking about coming. Now, please, will he's we, he's like, likely to be with the Raiders or San Francisco than he is New England next season. Uh, infinitely more likely. Yes. I think those are the two most likely landing spots. I mean, we could do the Jeff Howe, Bill Barnwell, and just pretend and just throw it out there and try to get clicks and downloads. Clicks, clicks, clicks. But I'm not playing that game. So let's just say, what could he draft a quarterback? Could he, could he get Garoppolo? Any of those, I think, is a bad sign for Mac, obviously, but is also a bad sign for Bill Belichick's future and the immediate future of the New England Patriots because... We were less less than a year ago. We were sold. You had your franchise quarterback. Bill liked him. We're going to build blah, 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 blah. And you ruined that. You broke that. You tore that down. So that's why I say, like, it's an interesting question because if Mac is the guy mm-hmm. still, then that might mean Bill's still the guy because they're they're bonded together through last year and you just need to fix the offense. As he was with the first one for the first two decades. That worked out pretty well. If and Bill could be done in three years just because he's old and Mac's still here and that whole thing plays on. If Mac is not the guy and you're prone to say Mac might not even be here next year, which I think would be eye-openingly alarming for this franchise, um, then I think Bill is just about out the door too because I don't think Robert will put up with this and that much longer. I don't. And how much more house cleaning do you think? Well, I mean, I guess we have an entire offseason to wonder and speculate about that coming up and we have three games to glory could be three games to gory, depending on how things go the rest of the way for the Patriots. I expect a lot of house cleaning from Robert Kraft. I do. Well, he already told you before the season, he was not happy about the fact there hadn't been a playoff victory, not a playoff appearance, a playoff victory. So Tom Brady is part of the problem. Yep. He's to blame. He lost Julian Edelman was part of the problem. He had a bad drop against the Titans with less than five minutes to go. Probably should have said that to him this weekend when I saw him out in Vegas. But probably wouldn't fraud. have gone. You but no, but at the same time, no. But he also blew us off at the rally, so I'm not too happy with Bubs right about now. That's okay. Drew Bledsoe showed up. 
There's your frog. There's your Foxborough forever. By the way, if there is ever someone who epitomizes visually the phrase cock of the walk, it's Drew Bledsoe. Like he just has an air about him that is he's happy. He's having a good time these days. I got to tell you, even my wife said, even my, uh, even my wife said when he showed up at the rally, did a couple minutes on stage with us, took a bunch of photos, signed a few things, whatever. Wasn't even feeling great, but, you know, did his fan service portion. He's been loving all of these. Some call it the hagiography of Bledsoe because, like, was he really that great? I say, like, he was the first guy to hit the ground running, uh, you know, to help start the leading out of from darkness to dynasty, if you will. Even my wife sort of said after the rally, she was like, boy, I don't ever remember Drew Bledsoe being like so happy and handsome. She was just like, man, he really like really seems like he's enjoying himself. Like I never thought he was like, he's great. He has a great persona, great presence. Mrs. Fitzy wants Mm -hmm. a piece of Drew. She wasn't the only one. That was a grab your ticket and stand at the counter because meow, meow, meow. Wow, how quickly we move on from Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo and we go back to the old fling, the original Because he's real. Because he's real, damn it. And you know what else is real? Sadly, the friction between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones these days. Can that also be addressed and repaired over the next three weeks and the immediate offseason? We will find out. Weigh in if you get a chance. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. This is at Six Rings Pod. Tell your friends, sign up, subscribe, rate, review, share. The whole works. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Last portion of the pod. Here it comes. It's been a while since we've had a good old-fashioned Pat's Paris where we just got some news, notes, and nuggets. Stuff that doesn't necessarily just focus on the day-to-day rumblings, bumblings, and unfortunately, recently, stumblings and fumblings of the 2022 Patriot squad. First, I would like to address this. Cameron McGrone. More like Cameron McGon. That's it. The Cameron McGrone era is over. Like, like that. He was claimed from the practice squad by the Indianapolis Colts. He will now be put to their 53. He is gone, never having played a meaningful down or snap for the Patriots. What the hell? What I the thought he'd hell? End up, I thought he'd end up in the AFC South, but I thought it'd be Jacksonville because he's a jag. <laughs> that was good. Waka waka. Um, I can't believe how many people fell in love, cared about. But how could he be? Into... No, I'm going to tell you, the first thing that somebody t- tweeted back at me today was, I hope this is not uh, Grugier Hill 2.0, like someone that Belichick just discards too early or doesn't give prime opportunity to go somewhere else, fits a different system better. 
I don't know if it's a size issue, if it's an intelligence issue, if it's an injury issue. Would it surprise? Let me ask you. What do you think? Obviously, there's a chance because there's literally a chance at anything. But how great would you say the chances that he goes somewhere else and I won't say becomes a star, but thrives or at least resuscitates his non-existent NFL career? Oh, the the last part, sure. I mean, you said it. It was it's been non-existent so far. Mm -hmm. Could he stay on a roster? Could he play on a couple rosters? Could hey start some games here or there? Sure, but this idea that he was the answer. He was an extra draft pick. He was the answer to their needs at linebacker and speed based and a new generation of Belichick linebackers, all of that crap from the months of February, March, April, mm -hmm. May. And like, Oh, I ate those L's. I didn't, I didn't even, did. I ate them straight dry. I didn't give offered salt and pepper, no hot sauce, a little mustard to dip it in. Nothing. I just ate that L you did. I did. Um, Somebody else who ate an L was a man at a club in Los Angeles this week or mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago who um, took a beating from Willie McGinnis. And I I know that as a fact because I've seen the video. Now, Willie has. I didn't out, finish it like that was a that wasn't just a beating. That was. A oh, no. Whooping. And and Willie has tweeted out, you know, not always the whole story. Let's see. OK, I'll, the truth I'll shall wait. reveal itself. I saw that in his we'll stories. See. OK, yeah. we'll see. Um, I hope in a way that there is a legitimate reason for this. Um, and not some Aaron Hernandez club beef that you spilled a drink on my shoe, so I'm going to whoop your ass kind of thing. Something um, could it involve a child or a spouse, a significant sure. other, perhaps? I, I I'm a man with a temper and with you know some of those whatever hardo you know toxic masculinity inside of him. What? So maybe there's some of that. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did want to say this. Uh, Willie McGinnis, top three most intimidating people that I ever covered in the Belichick era in that locker room and mm -hmm. would not want my ass whooped by, would not want him looking for me in a club with his boys and a bottle in his hand. Um, and and the others on the list would be Corey Dillon and Ted Washington. So this poor man uh, met the demise or I guess. He didn't now, die. Ted Washington, I understand. Uh, I wouldn't also want to end up on the wrong side of several other Patriots from. Rodney Harrison to Richard Seymour. Definitely no, because they're well, nice. They don't have evil bones in their body. No, they they just know how, like, you could also say, like, I don't ever want to get in a, a bar fight with Logan Mankins. Like, he probably wouldn't start one because no. he had, he even, he's one of those he's ones Yukon who Cornelius. has, he's nice. Yeah, he's admitted to the fact that he just does this thing where he's, this is his normal persona. When he gets onto the field, he's able to turn on the nasty and then he's able to just turn it off and resume his normal country strong life. Right. The other is like, like badass mother. Yeah. Blankers. Book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Ted Washington also like is just so giant. Like I wouldn't even want to know what it feels like to have him lay a hand on you. No. Whiskey once told me when we did the uh, I did that pandemic Facebook talk show with Wiggy and Fourier uh, ineligible speakers. And it was sort of like a discount PTI. It was on WEI.com. It was a lot of fun. And Wiggy and the best part I looked forward to every week during the taping was story time where I would ask a question that was uh, relevant to either the Patriots opponent, something Brady-esque or a popular topic in the NFL. And Wiggy told of, of the many hilarious stories this guy had, Wiggy has, that he just never gets a chance to drop on the morning show because they're not germane to what's going on in the wide world of Greg's pastas and business buddies and cocktails and sauces. Um, the time in Super Bowl 38 where... Um, he went to go chip Ted Washington because he was a tight end for the Carolina Panthers at the time. 
And he pulls off the line and gets a running start. And he said he literally ran into Ted Washington and Washington just turned to him and just leaned into him a little bit. Wiggy said it hurt so bad when he ran into him, let alone how far he like bounced off of Ted Washington. Said he was never hit so hard in his life. And Wiggy's the one who applied most of the force to the trauma. Yeah, I would want. And he had a mean streak. Now, I've been told he's mellowed out post playing career and he's not the same guy, but he was a scary dude in terms of demeanor and personality and all of that. In addition to just a house of a man walking toward you. No question. No question. Yeah. Scary. Did you also notice that uh, as of yesterday, now I don't know if it's still true. Mm -hmm. I was a uh, neighbor of a former Patriots cornerback who makes somewhere in the range of $80 million a year. JC Jackson was in North Dartmouth at the house of corrections. What was that all about? What is up with these Patriots who we thought had these nice little sterling reps? Uh, this is making the news for all the wrong reasons. Family issue, probate, nonviolent, something nonviolent. So I don't know if we'll find out this is some sort of a financial issue or something of that nature. Child support. I I have, I have no idea. I don't know, really know what probate court does. I thought that's where you went after someone died to like collect the will and, Mm -hmm. and all that. So maybe it's involved with that. Maybe there was a scam. I have no idea, but yeah, JC Jackson was back in town and hanging out in, uh, well, not hanging out. He was right behind bars asked to stay and had handcuffs on, I guess. But, um, yeah, it is weird. Like all of a sudden it was like, Willie McGinnis is arrested, TMZ, and then J.C. Jackson's in jail, and you're like, what the hell's going on? What, it's like- just, again, more. what is wrong with this season? This season is sick. This season is, again, you were saying earlier, like, it's not time to put it down just yet, but there's not, I've been waiting for, like, a good sign. I've been waiting for something to just, you know, like, you know, like, literally just a shooting star, a Christmas miracle, Andrew. You hear that bell ringing? No, you don't. You can't. No, I don't. Bell. No, oh. sorry, the Polar Express. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. you're going with yeah. the Polar Express allegory. Yeah. Yes, no, nice try. Yeah, I, I use yes, and I, I do, and that's actually my favorite Christmas book by far. Um, oh, we got one other little nugget by the way here in Patsbury. Um, speaking of things, you could call this uh, someone wanting things to go right, but unfortunately they haven't, and they got caught for it. Trent Brown has not had a great year on social media. No, or great or great season. Period. He was traded at the trade deadline. Or at least on his social media. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, was it fresh start or new beginnings or something Something like that? Like, Like, and people are like, "Yo, it's not April. You're not supposed to do that, guy. That's not how this works." And then he's like, "Yeah, my bad. Something different." Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, turns out, and he had a great off season. I remember he was great on Pardon My Take, talking Bill Belichick, and he espoused all the Patriot Way things, a lot of personality, funny guy. He definitely has not been happy about this the way the season has gone and you you said earlier in our podcast that you know you draft a starting caliber left tackle you move trent back to right tackle i'm not are you sure trent brown is here next year even though he's relatively inexpensive considering what a starting tackle in the nfl gets i'm not so sure either and considering what happened just the other day on socials trent brown was caught liking an espn article that was written by bill barnwell i guess espn put it up on their IG or, you know, click here. It's in our link tree, whatever in the bill Barnwell article, it was 19 teams who could be looking at a quarterback change or what may happen in their quarterback room next year. And that's where Barnwell suggested the Patriots could draft someone trade for someone or Garoppolo or Brady could factor into the equation next year. And Trent Brown was caught liking that article to which people have surmised, Hey, Trent thinks it's time for a change. 
What say you to that? Yeah, I think we read too much into these social media things. And I also think this is going to happen more and more because mm -hmm. this is the world we live in of social media and more and more players grow up in this world and don't take it as seriously as some of us old white dweebs do like it means something well i'm old and i'm white so I, right and i'm a dweeb so <laughs> felt felt appropriate um owds is that, is that yeah sorry. like for example if 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 chad finn wrote a story that i really liked about glenn ordway and like oh it'd be great to see glenn ordway on the radio again yeah. and i like that does that mean i want him to take over the midday show on w someone says like i remember when you know like Ted Sarandis used to be on nights. Yeah. So and I like, like it. Does that like, mean I want Ted Sarandis? No, I just, no. it's no an offense to Rich Keith, per se. Or maybe he's my guy. Maybe I'm really mm -hmm. friendly with him. Maybe I don't know Trent Brown's relationship with Tom Brady. I also think Tom Brady is, is bigger than everything. Like mm -hmm. just the biggest thing in sports, in football, in New England, in Patriots, in Super Bowl history, and all of that. Like he's almost like a, a mythical figure a fictional character at this point. And with him, uh, with him comes, you know, when he comes back to town, with him will come glory and a return to the, a heralding of the great days again and, you know, championship but it's almost not real. Play. He's like, not going to fix everything. No. As, a, as a step, one step from Mac Jones is hated by his linemen. You know, his linemen want to move on from Mac Jones. Like, I don't think Trent Brown tied those two things together in his head. It was just like, yeah, Tom Brady, that'd be cool if he came back to the Patriots. Just like most Patriots fans think it would be cool if he came back to the Patriots. Like, I I just think in this day and age, the googly eyes idea, like, ooh, mm -hmm. you know. Ooh, look, the, I look at ooh. Like, he put googly eyes on his Instagram. Is he returning to New England? More at 11. Like, we just need to stop it. Everything on social media doesn't mean something. It's actually most of it is a hundred percent meaningless, garbage, useless, Seriously. nonsense. And actually, so, if things continue trending in this direction, by the time Elon Musk fin gets finished with Twitter, there may not be a Twitter by next season, so we may not well, have to worry about it. He's hiring a new CEO. He's letting somebody else run it. So, oh, that's right, because the people voted him out. Yes, are you not entertained? Him thumbs down. He's out. Nope, he's out. Actually, <laughs> maybe like we it. should let's run our podcast that way from now on in advance. Mm -hmm. Like for next episode, do you want Fitzy to host? Do you want Hart to host? Should we bring in a temporary third host? Neither. Make sure neither. <laughs> should we let Shime host? Should we take the week off? Should we spend notes? Should we, should we never meant like we could do something like that? Like could we get through a whole podcast never saying Mac Jones or Lateral or Bill Belichick or Fraud or Troll? You know what I mean? Like Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. I can't do both. And not can't say for are you on the podcast because I can't. Get, ah, you know, I, I see. If, if I say troll, obviously you can't be on it either. You jerk. Oh, it's not too close to nog o'clock for me. Anything else? I think that kind of. I think that. I think we've kind of touched all the bases. We obviously. I'll be back with Shime tomorrow for the mailbag podcast. I'm sure that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm uh, sure there's lots of positive questions. <laughs> Who's your favorite Patriot? Which Patriot jersey did you buy your kids for Christmas? And are they all going to be at least 50% off? Well, that's the good news. Yeah, there could be a lot of sales on a lot of jerseys. If Mac Jones if, if Mac Jones isn't on the team, there's going to be a lot of those to sell. Who? Oh, my God. <laughs> that you know, crap. <laughs> and then Robert Kraft would be like, is there any chance you could draft a quarterback named Jones? Yeah, we need more Joneses out there. Maybe Chandler. Jack Jones could switch to 10. Oh, my God. Marcus. Marcus can, yeah, do, Marcus can do anything. 25 to 10. Oh, yeah, uh, add him to the positive list of things I like watching. 
At least they tried. He didn't get the ball enough, by the way, on offense in that game. How come? Do you think the Raiders well, schemed up for that? They, they know they need him so much on defense. You got to be careful. I mean, they trusted him enough down. to actually match up with Devontae, Devontae Adams a bunch. Yeah, you're asking him to cover Devontae Adams. You don't have Jalen Mills and you don't have Jack Jones. I don't think it's fair to say you're still in high school football mode. I also need a 50-yard touchdown out of you. Get your ass out there on offense. Yeah, pr- probably so. That's if any of the reasons why it would be nice to see Jalen Mills, Jack Jones, and or both return for the Cincinnati Bengals game, if for no other reason than to give the fans the thrill of watching Marcus Jones with the ball in his hands in space, offensively speaking. We hope to not be too offensive, these OWDs on the Six Rings POD. <laughs> be back tomorrow with Mailbag. The day after that, the Cincinnati preview. Notice I did not say we're on to Cincinnati because that conjures days of old when we used to get excited about the team rallying around the quarterback and making positive strides towards big wins and Super Bowl appearances. For God's sakes, all we want to see the Patriots do this week is try to keep up with Cincinnati, let alone beat them by 30 points on Sunday Night Football. If you got a question, you got a comment, you got a thought, it's at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Hart, at Six Rings Pod. Until the next time, thanks for tuning in to Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. We'll talk to you soon. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats.